Hello. Welcome to Breakfast at Cinema's podcast series Cinema My Child and Me where Abhinav and Shibangi share film recommendations appropriate for all ages and some ideas on how to use this collective film viewing experience to help initiate conversations with your children or students to help them learn in a fun manner. We would like to state that this podcast is meant to be a guide for parents or teachers to engage with children in a different way. While we are going to be careful about recommending movies appropriate for all ages, we request you to explore these films by yourself first to check for anything which may trigger a difficult or unpleasant emotion in your children because of very specific circumstances. The films we talk about here are our personal selections for each episode's theme. Welcome to this episode of Cinema My Child and Me. Today we're going to be talking about Martin Scorsese's Hugo, which I believe is his love letter to the movies. A young boy, Hugo, alone and living in Gare Montparnasse railway station in secret, is on a quest to find his purpose. As he forms a reluctant relationship with the old man who owns the toy store in the station and a chance friendship with his goddaughter Isabel, we discover more about how he came to be where he is and how he is going to accomplish his quest. Along Hugo's journey, we meet several other interesting characters whose lives are spent working at the station and outside it. the station inspector a cafe owner the flower girl the bookshop owner and the toy shop owner's wife all have pretty interesting roles to play in this story the film deals with a child's discovery of cinema and why it holds so much importance for him and it is full of delightful snippets from famous first films and other very lovely homages it is a thoughtful adventure and as you get drawn into hugo's world you will become a part of it hugo was released in 2011 in 3d i fell in love the moment i watched it in the theaters it was nominated for 11 academy awards winning 5 it is based on brian selznick book the invention of hugo cabret which is also a fantastic collection of storyboard type sketches and a simple but engaging story the movie is available on netflix and on youtube for a small rental fee Abhinav, please tell me some of your quick impressions about this film. I'll pick up what you said. It is a love letter, one as you rightly mentioned to cinema, but also to wide-eyed children who dream and invent and believe in the power of magic. It is also a love letter to his own childhood. We have heard these stories about how Martin Scorsese, when he was growing up, you know, used to spend a lot of time next to his window looking out at the world because he was not allowed to go outside due to an illness. This. film throughout tells us how he probably saw the world as a film that love story comes alive during this film it is also a love letter to his own children who complained once that we can't watch any of the films that you make because scorsese is quite famous having made all these gangster films he decided to make a film which goes back to how he tells stories to his own children interestingly i think uh, if you look at this particular film it stands almost at odds with the rest of the filmography of scorsese but if we look closely we'll realize that scorsese has sort of spent his entire life making films on two basic themes 
one is that obviously the lives of gangsters and the humanness of their existence and the other is that of a spiritual quest and what an individual goes through when they are going through these uh, uh, these journeys in both these scenarios you sort of look at the central characters as being trapped between both the worlds and that is where the parallel between hugo and the rest of his filmography comes alive while in most of the other films of martin scorsese you can find characters trapped between two worlds trying to figure out which one would they prefer and which one would they end up in and in the process probably get destroyed or redeemed uh, this is a character that is living literally in the walls of the railway station this is also in a way martin scorsese's homage to pinocchio that of a wooden toy trying to struggle to become part of a real world trying to become part of a functioning unit if i had to think about it the first thing that struck me was how well etched all the characters are not just the three primary characters of the old man who owns the toy shop his goddaughter and of course the titular character hugo but everybody else who has some of the other very interesting aspect of their personalities coming out in the story and contributing to the entirety of the story i also liked how the entire movie has been presented to us as a machine you know full of gears and clocks and a ticking sound that comes up every now and then and the emphasis on the idea that there are no extra parts everybody is part of a machine where they have a role to fulfill they have a purpose and nobody's there just like that i think it was very nicely told that nobody is purposeless if you look hard enough if you think about your existence and your relationships around you hard enough you will understand what your role is the final thing i thought was there's a small part where scorsese focuses on how war changed the game for movies and filmmakers the great war which is the world war 1 he obviously has a very anti war sentiment that he's pushing towards his audiences saying war never brings happiness or prosperity it is never the answer which is why when we are watching this movie which is in the aftermath of the first world war we see even places like the railway station where there is a lot of singing and dancing happening all the time people congregating people gathering musicians playing songs and people just getting up to celebrate life because they've seen so much difficulty and hardship and devastation and loss so let's now talk about some of the themes that we think are prevalent in this film one thing that became very clear throughout this film is the hopefulness of childhood it dispels all ideas of what maturity is all about it dispels ideas of what grown ups think is a mature thing and it focuses on the confidence that a child has to discover things no matter how down and out they are they keep focusing on keep working towards their own happiness adults somehow seem to lack that ability one of the themes that really stood out for me was friendship and companionship and the need for human interaction everybody in the film is lonely in some way as we begin the movie the station master is lonely the hugo is lonely the toy shop owner has a lovely companion but he doesn't seem to share the same relationship with her which we discover later on was a big aspect of his life isabel is a bookworm and she loves to read she believes it takes her on several journeys as books really can do but even she's looking for human connections there's the cafe owner and the newspaper stand owner there's the flower girl all of them are there as part of an entire community but they are looking for that one individual to connect with so that by the end of the movie each of them finds a companion 
the toy shop owner is able to go back and establish the kind of relationship he had with his wife when they started out on their careers hugo finds isabel they begin a wonderful friendship the flower girl and the station inspector i think all in all this movie is constantly talking about how human connections are important in our lives if we really need to find our purpose we cannot find our purpose if we stand in isolation we need to constantly look at how we are influencing others how we are affecting others and how others are affecting us i think it connects very well with what you were talking about earlier shibandi in terms of finding yourself as a working fit part of the rest of the world in the end everybody sort of fits in with each other that's right you know there is that point in the movie where the station inspector says to an orphan that he brings into his office says nobody needs a family you can grow up on your own but it's coming from a place of anger where he is angry at never having had any kind of human connection and he thinks he has turned out just fine but he himself is looking for somebody to share a connection with i think there are a lot of those beautiful contradictions as well where the characters are claiming to be something but they know they want something else i think one more theme that i can sort of focus upon is mm-hmm. the idea that uh, you have to find ways to deal with your loss and loneliness everybody in this story has gone through something or the other many of the adults actually can't seem to move beyond that whereas when you look at the children and their attitude towards how things are happening around them isabel and hugo both have had losses and are dealing with their loneliness in a very oliver twist way he is taking care of himself exactly as the station master is but the hopefulness which i referred to earlier to be able to deal with their problems and say hey let's move on to something else i, I don't think it's enough to just sit and dwell upon things and that sense of exactly as you mentioned that sense of trying to find the purpose drives these uh, characters forward there's also the whole idea of bullying as a concept in this film there are hints it is not said clearly but the station inspector seems to have grown up in an orphanage himself he believes he has done well in his life which could be absolutely true considering those times and the situations and the circumstances that he grew up in but he himself has sort of become a bully it is almost like he is looking for lonely children roaming the railway station to give to the orphanage for being raised in a certain responsible manner he believes that the orphanage is responsible for how he has grown up but he forgets that he probably talks about children as reprobates as thieves as pilfering fools as antisocial elements which is probably how he has heard himself being talked about all the time and he does not realize that he is being unempathetic he is also being cruel to these children who have lost parents because of war because of the poverty that came afterwards but instead of showing kindness and telling them that the orphanage will give them a life will give them food will take care of them will educate them he treats them in a way where he was treated in the same way so i think there is something to note about the way when we bully somebody and they become something in life they end up treating other people who are sort of beneath them i say that in quotes sort of beneath them in the same manner and completely decimate their confidence there is that interesting and important moment when while station master he is trying to reprimand a child he ends up making a very interesting statement he talks about where do you belong where are your parents and when he says i have none he says well you must belong somewhere and in that you find the longing that the station master might That's have right. had while uh, he grew up 
his desperate need to belong somewhere is what leads him in the direction of this flower girl therein again you find some hope if i have to pick up the third thing this is a film that talks about how the oldest language in the world is visual stories it also gives us probably a cheeky reference or a cheeky wink at all those people who use big words to talk about how educated they are you repeatedly see isabel doing that with hugo she has learned a new word and she will immediately use it in front of hugo you can always see hugo's reaction to it saying i'm not sure what that means but i'm kind of guessing it it draws back to how this film opens through and through remains a very strong case of how visual stories make a great impact this is not to take away anything from the written medium but many people in the world talk about it as to how written medium is an acquired language whereas visual language or visual stories are something that is inherent that children learn as they grow up this idea that uh, visuals end up telling all sorts of stories is thoroughly entrenched in this film So Shubhangi would you like to get into the technicals that you think were interesting One scene that really stood out for me in terms of its technicality was when Hugo goes into flashback and it tells the viewers about how he reached that particular point in his life where he is alone at a railway station living all by himself with nobody to turn to with nobody to go to and why he is so sad is something we've been wondering all this while It is a flashback into his happier memories into his happier times There is a rapid clicking sound that first comes in the background and a light falls on Hugo's face which keeps flashing back and forth it's almost as if it is a projector that is replaying the favorite times of his life in his head it's uh, very reminiscent of our early trips to the movie theater where the projector would make that clicking sound and the light would come in waves and hit the screen with beautiful images and totally take us into some different kind of world it is exactly like that even in hugo's experience we believe because he keeps smiling in a very morose way he keeps wondering what life could have been for him i thought that was a lovely scene i think it has been done in a way which is key to pulling the audience into hugo's world cinema and memories are deeply interconnected I believe and, that. And when we actually look back at our life, the term that we use is looking back at our life, uh, not listening back to our life or not writing back in our life or any of those. And when we look back at our life, we actually go through reels of what we have seen. I think when we talked about my neighbor Totoro for example, we talked about how memories and cinema are connected right. and that's that's where uh, Hayao Miyazaki brings it together. I don't think there is any filmmaker in the world that would uh, break away from this idea that memories are almost like watching a film. When therefore we look back at our life, we remember what makes sense to us. Very interestingly, most accomplished filmmakers say a good film is just the boring bits edited out and that's how even our memories are. We have the most boring bits edited out and we remember what is substantial, we remember what continues to influence us. We remember what created an impact in our lives. I think that's exactly how even Hugo looks back at his life. This entire film is a textbook of how to make films. This is the only 3D film that Scorsese has made and he has made many films after this film as well. He has not ventured back into 3D. So that idea of 3D even though I have not been fortunate enough to watch it in 3D, I can sense what he's trying to do. 
I was lucky to watch it in 3D when the movie came out. It was an immersive experience. It was a very beautiful use of the technology. Scorsese tries to recreate one of the first films ever made, which was made by Lumiere Brothers, which was the arrival of a train on a platform. It has also been shown in the film. So viewers, because they were completely ignorant about something like the moving pictures, when moving pictures first came, they were a fad. They were only shown in fairs and circus tents. So we see an audience sitting and watching in awe as a train arrives on the platform. And just as the train is about to reach the edge of the screen, the audience jumps out of their seats and goes to the edges of the tent because they are afraid that the train will run over them. It sounds really funny right now, but uh, Scorsese tries to create the same impact when he replays a famous accident that happened in the Gap Montparnasse station when a train had completely lost control over itself and it ran over the platform and through one of the windows of the railway station. Then there is that scene where the drawings and illustrations that were made by a certain person are flying about because they have just been discovered and the drawer that is full of these drawings has just fallen onto the floor and these paintings are just flying about. This, I remember very clearly how I was completely taken aback by how beautifully the 3D worked its magic. Then, of course, there's that opening scene where Hugo is going through the tunnels, down the spiral slides and up the convoluted staircases within the walls of the railway station as he operates the clocks and runs from one clock to another. Even that scene is beautiful. It just takes us along with Hugo as he's embarking on a beautiful journey. There is a very interesting bit, in my opinion, you mentioned it in your impressions. The first five and a half minutes of the film, there are no dialogues. That's right. It's only through the visual and through the sounds that get created, which is essentially how silent era films operated. You get to know everything that you need to know about the film. Hugo is a very articulate film. And just like Scorsese pushes the theme that everybody and everything has a purpose in this world, he also makes it very evident that every frame, every shot, every camera movement, every bit that you can see within the frame means something significant and has a purpose to the overall telling of the story of Hugo Cabret. The first five minutes of the movie play out like a silent film, just like you said, and they have all the clues that you need, that you can identify, which will tell you what the movie is about, what the main characters are about, and what the quest is going to be about. There are also those brilliant cues where, you know, Hugo is constantly walking and running against crowds, which is to say that he's swimming against the tide and he's trying to find something that others are not aware of. I think these are just brilliant, brilliant clues that Scorsese uses. It turns this whole movie into a beautiful message about everything having its purpose. I think you look at the color schemes, for example. There are blues and then there are warm yellows at points. And you would be able to see the difference in why the blues are being used at some point and why the warm yellow suddenly switches itself on. That's right. Interestingly, when we showed this film to a seven-year-old in a workshop, the first five minutes that we have referred to, she got up and she said, well, this child is an orphan is missing his parents and we said how did you know because in the first five and a half minutes we don't get to see any of that and she said well uh, when uh, the old man shouts at him he doesn't go running to his mother and that's good enough for me to tell me that he doesn't have his parents around second she said that it's cold out there but this uh, boy is wearing just shorts and battered clothes 
and which also tells me that there is no one to take care of this child and third she said that who lets a boy that age roam around free on a railway station now this kind of an innate understanding that we see coming from a 7 year old can only happen when the story is being told so fantastically through the visual medium there was also this group of 7th graders who put together all the clues and collectively gave us an insight into how this whole thing is working it's almost like hugo is a mouse living in the walls of the railway station right at, towards the end of the first 5 minutes we see hugo going to the toy shop when the owner is pretending to be asleep and tries to catch the toy mouse and they believe that the toy shop owner has put together this whole trap where he is using a toy mouse to catch the mouse that is living in the walls of the station we thought it was a brilliant brilliant interpretation of what was happening and we were really proud of these 7th graders i think let's move on to some of our standout scenes shivangi oh i have so many but if i really had to count them i think i was most amazed and taken aback when the children meet professor rene tabard in the library rene tabard is somebody who studies cinema and when he comes and asks these children these children are initially very defiant and they want to understand why this man is questioning them till they figure out it's the man who has written the very book that they are referring to at the moment i think it was a wonderful back and forth that happens between them michael stoolbug of course plays rene tabard and he is so amazing in this scene he is the child with these children you can completely understand his confusion wondering what is happening and these kids are also confused as to where this man has been getting all his weird information from where he has you know managed to write a book that is so wonderful and yet full of incorrect information the children don't appreciate that at all there is this fantastic statement that both the children together make saying it's allowed we are allowed to be interested in this <laughs> because renate bard questions them and says how can you be interested in something as complicated as this which is or something that is older than you yeah so it is a fantastic scene no doubt about it for me i think there is this scene where we are at the station looking out through a window with the staircase next to uh, isabel and uh, hugo staring at the city of paris and uh, they end up holding hands with each other uh, for a 11 year old boy and a, probably a 11 year old girl or 12 year old girl the absence of a comforting factor not necessarily a factor that takes care of them but a factor that can comfort them becomes very very apparent in this scene when they are tenderly holding hands without any uh, new age ideas of what a girl child and a boy child do with each other we don't want to define this relationship i think it is for you to explore and understand what this relationship really means the other scene that captured my imagination was when hugo meets the bookshop owner monsieur lebis for the first time all of us are made to think that monsieur lebis doesn't have a very good impression of hugo and is constantly watching him is trying to make sense of why this boy in these bedraggled clothes is coming to his bookshop it's like he always has his eye on hugo as if hugo is up to something wrong but later on there's that one scene where hugo bumps into him accidentally while monsieur lebis is on his way out of the railway station and a book the adventures of robin hood falls out of his hands hugo talks about how he used to read it with his father and monsieur lebis promptly gifts it to hugo saying this was meant for my godson but i think you would also enjoy it 
Later, Isabel talks about how Monsieur Labise always believes in the power of gifting good books and sending good books to a decent home. And it talks about how much Monsieur Labise believes that books and art and literature and stories can change a child's life. If I may, I will also come to my last scene because I've already mentioned it once before. The station inspector and the flower girl, they bond over what they have lost during the war. The station inspector is very conscious of the fact that he lost a leg in the war and he has to wear a leg brace to get himself to walk properly and to perform his duties efficiently. And just as he is trying to introduce himself to the flower girl and chit-chat and uh, start a casual conversation, the leg brace he's wearing clicks and makes an awkward sound which brings him back to the awareness that he's disabled. How will he probably woo this wonderful woman, this beautiful woman in front of him. And so he shies away saying, I lost a leg in the war. Thank you very much. It was nice to talk to you. And he begins to shrink back from that conversation. Just then the flower girl says, I lost my brother in the war. It is this commonality of the loss that gives them a chance to talk about what they are missing in their lives and create a connection. Uh, You talked about bullying. Yes. And there is this idea in the station inspector's mind when he hears the creaking of his leg brace, it points to his imperfection. Right. I think there is a very strong connection between bullies and the idea of perfection. Yes. Because people who are bullied are typically told that this is not done right, that is not done right and so on. And when they grow up, they take forward the idea of perfection. In their minds, they keep cursing themselves for not having achieved it. On the other hand, they keep expecting others to achieve it and therefore end up bullying them. I will talk about two scenes in connection with each other. One is where the character of uh, René Tabard meets Mama Georges, the godmother of Isabel. And the tenderness of that scene, there is this boy standing in front of uh, a person that he has probably admired all his life, where he has this small mischievous smile. He almost wants to hold her, grab her like you would grab a teddy bear from your childhood. And uh, he holds back just because he's an adult. But that smile that appears on Michael Stuhlbach's face, I think it's it's an awesome, outstanding touch. And in connection with the same one, there is another scene where a younger René Tabard meets someone. That person asks him, well, have you wondered where your dreams come from? Just look around. This is where they are made. If you get to watch this film, it will uh, it will make your heart bubble with joy that... Oh my God, this is how so many things made uh, sort of fitted into my head like a jigsaw puzzle eventually does. Now, I would like to bring us to some questions or points of discussion that parents and children can um, get into after watching the film. One of the first questions I would like parents and children to ask each other and talk about is, What is our expectation from our friendships? Why and how do we choose whom to be friends with? I think that's an important idea. Everybody wants friends. Everybody needs friends. Friends are the family we choose. Therefore, it should be important for us to know that we can find the right kind of friends who nurture us, who give us the confidence, who make us feel good about ourselves and who have the audacity to tell us that we are wrong when we are going wrong in some way or the other. But they're still back there to lend a hand of support whenever we need them. It is also important to understand that a lot of friendships can turn abusive, emotionally abusive, if nothing else. One person could end up taking advantage of the other even without being aware of it. 
so these are also ideas that children need to understand as they are navigating these relationships that they choose to get into i'll pick up the same idea and talk about how you know what is our reason to be nice to someone on many occasions we get stuck with oh he doesn't dress like me he doesn't talk like me she doesn't behave like me and therefore i don't end up being nice to them i think that's one of the things that parents can further talk to their children about being nice is an amazing superpower that all children have they slowly learn how not to be nice to the world but an angry adult is a result of a unhappy child and that unhappy child is precisely because people have judged them questioned them turned them into something else that they didn't want to be and you rightly talked about it bully they have been bullied during their childhood at times maybe we need to check the idea of parental bullying as well and understand how that can impact us another fun activity that parents and children can get together into is looking up some of the first films which are easily available on youtube look them up together watch them and enjoy them and of course discuss how films have changed over more than a century which is to talk about how technology has changed how our uh, requirement as an audience has changed it is a lovely start to something that has given us joy for more than 100 years now and i think it is worthy of study if we are trying to decide what we should be watching because we really wish to enjoy it or learn from it why should we preserve cinema how it is connected to a culture's memory uh, i think if you just pick up great films from every era of a of a country you would be able to talk about the socio cultural aspects of that uh, country very very easily the final question i think that is worthy of a conversation or a discussion is to understand whether the station inspector is actually really a cruel man and why do we think he is the way he is the last question i would talk about is what do you do as children when you feel sad and alone that process for children could be interesting for parents to get into because uh, then you can understand maybe how you can become a support structure in that all right with this we come to the point where we start talking about other similar films that you could explore to uh, you know understand this theme of finding a purpose uh, in my list i have the entire toy story series but i would especially like to point out to part 1 and part 4 which very strongly deal with this whole idea of what is my purpose all the toys as they begin to understand that their purpose is to provide joy whereas in part 4 Woody believes that he has fulfilled his purpose and now he is allowed to have another purpose in his life which is a shifting goalpost just because we have achieved one purpose doesn't mean there cannot be others that don't arise along the way and we need to keep moving from purpose to purpose as we keep accomplishing there are two films that i would like to mention as companion pieces to this film one is pixar's up i will not talk about how that connects this film and hugo but you have to watch it this idea of purpose is dealt with very very interestingly very very strongly uh, there's another film by hayao miyazaki which is on the other side of purpose the idea of self esteem and valuing oneself is a brilliantly layered film called house moving castle uh, which also is available on netflix another film that i would like to talk about is mehak mirza by director kranti kanade It is a Hindi film easily available on YouTube and it is about this adolescent girl who has lovely dreams about what she wants to accomplish in her life but somewhere along the way she keeps getting disappointed because she only has those dreams but she does not pursue those dreams in a manner where she can fulfill them 
another film that could be a fantastic companion piece simply because it connects cinema with cinema is a marathi film called harish chandrachi factory directed by paresh mokashi this is a film that talks about the history of indian cinema and how it began its journey and it's a brilliantly funny film it is available with subtitles on youtube if i'm not mistaken Before going, we would like to ask you the poll question, which you can go on to our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram pages, or on our website, which is breakfastatcinema.com, and answer this question for us in the poll, which says, "Which supporting character in Hugo is your favorite?" You can go to any of our connecting platforms and talk to us there. You can leave us feedback on the podcast. We would love to hear from you to understand what it is that you like about our podcast and what it is that we can do better. I'd like to at this point just say thank you to uh, Rishi Kapoor and Irfan two fantastic gentlemen who have given us reasons to cry reasons to laugh and reasons to enjoy life Have a great time watching Hugo thank you so much bye bye Happy viewing Cinema My Child and Me is brought to you by Breakfast at Cinema working in the areas of education of cinema and education through cinema since 2014 with children and adults of all ages Music brought to you by young and enthusiastic supporters of our podcast. Their love and talent has made this journey all the more interesting. Introduction music by 10-year-old Arkansh Pandey on the clarinet. Episode introduction by Idhya Shalab, age 10, on the piano, and Idhan Shalab, age 6, on the violin. Closing music by 7-year-old Drishan Pandey on the piano. We would also like to thank cinema lovers and makers across the world. It is their passion which drives us.